The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio 680 WPTF and 98.5 FM. This is the Turning Your Life Around podcast, presented by 180 Counseling, hosted by founder Sarah Coates, a licensed clinical mental health counselor. In this podcast, Sarah and her team of therapists will dive deep into many topics on mental health care. Here's your host, Sarah Coates. Hello and welcome to the Turning Your Life Around podcast. I'm Sarah Coates and I'm joined today with my friend and colleague, Jenny Compton. Jenny is a licensed clinical mental health counselor and she works out of our Garner office. Welcome. Thank you. So Jenny, tell us a little bit about how you got into the field of mental health counseling. Sure. Well, I feel like it was a calling. I feel like God called me to this field. So I have spent 25 years in corporate America. I have served in roles from anything from a foreclosure manager to a financial analyst to a stockbroker. And in 2005, I had cancer. And there is nothing like a deadly disease that will cause you to examine your Mm. life and reflect. So I started to examine my life. And one in my restlessness what else might be out there for me to do. I prayed and had some conversations with my pastor and other leaders and felt that God had a calling on my life. And so I went into ministry, went back to school. I became an associate pastor and then a lead pastor. And then I planted a church. But my master's degree is in counseling because that's where my heart is. And so I feel that counseling is an expression of being a pastor. So pastors are shepherds, and I feel that as a Christian counselor, I am a shepherd too. So not only do I look after people's mental and emotional health, but their spiritual health as well. Today, we are going to talk about how individuals might incorporate their faith into counseling, into their counseling sessions with you or any other therapist or counselor that is a Christian or faith-based counselor. So let's start with maybe you can share with the listeners, what are some differences between, say, Christian counseling and maybe secular counseling or faith-based counseling and biblical counseling? Because they are all different. Break it down for us. Right. Great question. So I do hear from a lot of people the terms biblical counseling and Christian counseling, and those terms are used, often they are used interchangeably, but they are vastly different. So biblical counseling is just me, you, and the Bible. The Bible is the source for for the counseling session. There's no Adlerian counseling. There's no Carl Rogers or Aaron Beck or Mary Ainsworth. It's just you, me, and my interpretation of the Bible, which can be, in my opinion, problematic mm-hmm. because you're really dependent upon my responsible interpretation of these passages. That's a whole nother session. But Christian counseling is where your faith is integrated into an already established therapeutic framework like cognitive behavioral therapy or dialectical behavioral therapy or EMDR. And because all truths are God's truths, the truths that are found in psychology or the truths that are found in science, uh, we can lean on those truths in those sessions. So rather than my client relying on my interpretation of scripture, they get to keep their own worldview, their own understanding of their biblical perspective. If they want me to use scripture, or pray for them in session, I can do that. But I'm not making assumptions that that's
that's what we have to do. In this approach, we get to use all the psychological resources and strategies that have proven to be effective over the years. In secular counseling, like non-Christian counseling, in my opinion, more clinical. And so in Christian counseling, it is clinical as well. We just spend more time focusing on integrating your worldview with your faith view. Right. And and oftentimes when clients reach out to me and they know that I do Christian counseling, I tell them I integrate my psychological training with my Christian worldview. And a lot of times that lines up with what they're looking for. So Jenny, then tell us what does Christian counseling actually look like in the session? That's a great question because I think that it looks as unique as each individual. There is no one size fits all approach. Most people who request a Christian counseling, I believe they do so because it gives them peace knowing that their therapist shares the same spiritual values that they do. Sometimes it never shows up beyond that. Other times I will have a client who will ask me specifically, this has come up a couple of times, to pray for them in session. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or they'll share a scripture with me or ask me for some scripture. But many will actively explore in a session how their behaviors and feelings align with their faith and how they understand them in light of the Bible. And so we usually use cognitive behavioral therapy or EMDR uh, therapy. But basically, I am honoring what my client wants to do and their understanding of scripture. Yeah, that makes sense. Some clients just want to know that you are of the same mindset that they are. You've been at this for a number of years. When you are working with a client who requests Christian counseling, because I do understand that there are clients who don't request that of you, and that's fine, and you don't really go to that place with them. But if they're requesting Christian counseling of you, what are maybe some specific problems or issues that they might bring into the counseling session? Yeah, excellent question. So I've identified at least three major issues that seem to present repeatedly in therapy for Christians specifically. And we'll unpack these in a moment, but just in summary, medication, praying problems away, and forcing people to forgive a betrayal or honor their abusers. We don't have enough time to unpack all of that right, thoroughly. Right, for hours. Right, <laughs> but we'll unpack it a little. A lot of Christians are afraid to take medication, either because they don't understand the benefits or another Christian or a pastor has told them that it's not biblical. Now, I am certain that... <laughs> Christians or people back in the day of Jesus or even before then would have pursued every available means necessary for healing. They would not suffer long before they would pursue a healer or a doctor or whatever terms they had for those healers back then. Just because the Bible does not explicitly state something doesn't make it anti-biblical a sin or wrong. The best rule of thumb to follow for medication, this is what I tell my clients, when the benefits outweigh the risks, medication might be a good idea. And for other Christians who are fueling that silly notion Mm. that medication is bad or, or not biblical, I say don't make people feel guilty because they need medication, therapy, or mental or emotional help. That is a personal choice, and it doesn't make that Christian weak or a bad Christian. This whole concept of praying problems away is also 
pretty huge. That in and of itself could be a whole nother podcast, yeah. praying, praying your problems away. My clients come to me in counseling in all stages of their grief. They're vulnerable. They're anxious. They're fearful. Sometimes they're dreadfully afraid to face their problems. They're afraid to face skeletons in their closet, these deep family secrets. And as a therapist, I'm here to provide a safe space for them so that they can grieve and heal. But I don't sprinkle Bible verses around like pixie dust. (laughs) Pixie dust. That's right. If I do quote a Bible verse or give them scripture, it is responsibly and not out of context. So I take that very seriously. Just thinking, there are so many Christians that just throw around cliches like pixie dust. Trite sayings, I call those. Yes. And those mean nothing. For somebody who, Mm -hmm. say, has lost a child. That'll never give you more than you can handle. Right. All things happen for a reason. All this baloney. And it goes in one ear and out the other. Well, it causes more damage. I was going to say, it wounds them even deeper because, Mm -hmm. well, to me, that says... God's okay with your kid dying of cancer. Yeah, you're not facilitating healing. You're contributing to the trauma even more. And I don't think that's what other Christians intend to do. They just don't know what to say. And sometimes not saying anything is best. And just sitting with the person. (laughs) Oh, like Job. Oh, Yeah, I love Job. In fact, I brought that little scripture with me. Job's friends were helpful until they opened their mouths. Mm. And in Job 16, too, he finally responds. He says, I've heard many things like these. You are miserable comforters, all of you. Miserable comforters. I'm going to use that. Next time someone throws out something, I'm going to say, you're a miserable comforter. I think that it's important to pray and to give people scripture to read, but I don't think you should ever deter them from engaging in treatment right treatment is where the healing comes from well and and for you like you just said earlier you felt that God called you into this profession and if God has called you among many others of us to this then there's value in that any kind of level of treatment if God has called somebody to that it's valuable and important so to write that off as oh Christians shouldn't take Prozac that's unhelpful just pray about it well then that means that that psychiatrist or this therapist or this nurse practitioner that they're calling means nothing and Mm -hmm. I disagree with that and you bring up a really good point that I want to kind of flesh out trauma is a total body experience It reshapes the brain. It affects the body. It compromises a person's capacity to trust. People are less likely to engage in pleasurable activities. They can't maintain self-control. So it's a total body experience, Mm -hmm. and they might need medication. They might need that psychiatrist. They might need a therapist. Right. They might need some yoga. Well, yeah, total body, right? They might need a massage therapist. They might need all different levels of treatment and so it's all important we have to take action too i mean here's my thing god does not expect you to check your brain and your humanness at the door. You can use all of that. Sometimes it's okay to use your brain. You can be on your knees for so long, but then you have to stand up and go forward and and go into battle, whatever that looks like for you. So you mentioned three presumptions that clients bring into the session, Mm -hmm. to the Christian counseling session. So we've talked about two of them. What was the third one? So forgiving a betrayal too soon. You, You can forgive a betrayal, but a lot of Christians are forced to do it like immediately as if it's a one and done thing. And then another kind of tagging along on that is forgiving or honoring parents who abused them. Like they're supposed to 
take care of a sick mom who who abused them or whose husband abused them and they were complicit in that abuse. So forgiveness is not always a one and done thing. Sometimes it's a process yeah. and it can take years. Right. And even after you forgive, it doesn't mean that you're BFFs again. Right. It doesn't mean you have to trust the person again. Right. Forgiveness is usually about for your own healing, not for the other person's permission to continue. That's right. Mm-hmm. It can take years mm-hmm. to forgive. Mm-hmm. I think it's important because I do hear from a lot of my clients, like they infer a lot of this from from sermons they hear, but also they've engaged in some biblical counseling in their churches. So I just want to throw this out there. If you're a pastor, if you're a church leader, get to know the therapist in your community. Get to know the therapist at 180. Uh, call them, take them out for a coffee, take them out for lunch, ask them to do a presentation at your church. But I would say if you're a pastor and you enjoy doing therapy, do a couple of sessions and then refer that out to to people who spent many years in graduate school. So Jenny, you know, one of my favorite sayings is you can have Jesus and a therapist too. Yeah, I love that. I didn't that. come up with that slogan. Yeah. I think I saw it on a website once and they were selling coffee. And you got the mug I and got I the did coffee too. Mug. And I got the shirt too. <laughs> I know it it kind of went viral there for a minute, I think, in our circles. I think that kind of summarizes a lot of what we're talking about here is as a Christian, you can seek out Christian counseling and you can have psychiatric treatment. You can have therapy. You can have all forms of treatment and healing and have Jesus as well. Right. It doesn't have to be a one or other. That's right. And I think that threaded throughout the Bible from the Old Testament to the New Testament, the Bible does demonstrate that it's very wise to get the counsel of others. There you go. It's so biblical. there you go. It's biblical. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. And if you're listening and you want to go further in this conversation with Jenny or you want to seek out Christian counseling for yourself or family members, you can reach out to Jenny in the Garner office. We also have numerous other faith-based Christian counselors throughout the practice, and you can read about them on our website under their provider profiles at 1-80counseling.com. You've been listening to the Turning Your Life Around podcast, presented by 180 Counseling, with five triangle locations to serve you. Learn more at 1-80counseling.com. This has been an exclusive presentation of News Radio 680 WPTF and 98.5 FM, a Curtis Media Group station.